Every day we pass by people who have stories that need to be heard because we need to be shaped by them. This is one of those stories. <sighs> Bro, this is um, bittersweet, actually, because you are on your way out. You were moving from the desert to the land of great humidity, <laughs> Florida. Amen. And you have been with us how many years in redemption? Five. Five years. And so that's what's bittersweet. You were mm. one of my most valuable friendships mm. that I've had here. I have some questions, Shannon. God bless you. I am not even <laughs> going to use. Man, you had me nervous with all that paper. Right? <laughs> I, I could tell. I could tell. How many times have we gone to Jimmy John's Ah, and we have sat there and just talked about what's going on in life, in ministry, mm. ourselves, ways that we've seen God at work, the ways we hope that God would work. And so, you know what? I want this to be almost like one of our lunches. Well, I'm waiting for Jimmy John's to be delivered. I, I don't have Jimmy John's, <laughs> but I do have some donuts underneath here that we can we'll crack get to into later. later. So I don't want to make any assumptions mm. that anybody knows anything about Shannon Butler. Mm. So tell us what we need to know about how did Shannon Butler get to this point right here living in Arizona? Wow. So I uh, grew up in Tallahassee, Florida, in a Christian home. My, my folks got divorced when I was five. So um, lived with mom and then was high school lived with uh, grandmother uh, for four years so my my upbringing was in the bible belt you i finally got that nap <clears throat> that's been flying around here i'm sorry there you go see yeah I, oh i see the net all right I would have done this at Jimmy John's. We were just talking about this as like lunch. So let's stay consistent, man. What just happened? I really killed a gnat. I, and I shouldn't be surprised because that's what we do every day in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the mosquitoes just... Okay. Uh, five years old, growing up at a Christian home? Five, yeah, five years old. Grew, so my grandmother and my mother uh, introduced me to drugs. They drugged me to Sunday service. They drugged me to Wednesday night service. This is like a televangelist line that you just used on me right there. But uh, you're welcome yes, for that. Yes. Thanks. No. So yeah, grew up and um, you're going to church. I don't care what you do during the week. Sunday morning, you're going to church. So grew up um, in a religious, very extremely religious um, household mm -hmm. culture. Now, here's what I can say: salvation happened early, and it was real. Seven years old, October sixteenth, nineteen. 88 at about nine o'clock at night in a little Baptist Come backwoods. On. Come on. Let me hear wood, about this church. Wood floor, New Bethlehem, primitive Baptist church. Mm -hmm. The Reverend would have been Thurman. So Reverend Thurman had you out at nine o'clock at night. Reverend well, here's the deal. <laughs> this was a revival week. Mm. So revival week. It didn't matter what was going on the next day. If you were at church, I mean, church just dominated what was happening in that time. So I asked my mom, mom, please, I, I need to go to church. I need to, I need to figure out what this religion is, what this mm -hmm. salvation is. 
because my buddy Mike Gaines got saved. You saying he got saved. What is that? Whatever that is, I want it. So curiosity, jealousy, whatever. So go to service. I'm sitting on the morning bench. We talked about this. Morning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G or M-O-U? M-O-U. The morning. The morning bench. bench. Um, That sounds intense. Oh, brother, it was. All those who were not saved. Well, that's an approach. (laughs) If you're you're in here, you're not saved, come sit right right here. here. This is your section. We're going to be talking to you tonight. (laughs) I'm sitting on that front row. And the preacher's fired up, man. He's going, and he's he's in it. And I'm just, it's good, I guess. I don't, you know, I don't know any better. I don't know. Thirty minutes into it, the spirit moves again. I I don't know, right? I'm seven years old. I'm sitting on this deal, and people are just shouting and and there's there's the holy spirit has got a hold of this church and the seven-year-old kid still sitting in the front room oh sister johnson wigged and fell off all right and just you know i'm just i walk, walk back because this has now become a shadowthon and so i'm not participating in that and i go back to the third row on the right side of the church and it was as if God took the roof off of the building and his hand came and touched my heart Mm. Sean I I can't tell you what the preacher was talking about I can't tell you what song was played the only thing I know is God touched my heart that night and I went from death to life and the only words I could say was thank you Jesus so now I've, I'm a participant in this shouting mm-hmm. marathon. Mm-hmm. And that's real. That's real. But there was no discipleship following. Seven years old to my sophomore year in college, no discipleship. So religion, Christianity, church, it was about what Shannon wanted, how Shannon could get whatever he wanted out of life. And hopefully Jesus would be okay with whatever mm-hmm. Shannon is doing during the week. And so uh, once I got into college, that's when it shifted. Um, well, let's not jump to college too fast. Uh-oh. Because for one, when you were in high school, mm-hmm. so were you, uh, was Jesus just way far on the side or were you, you know, <laughs> living the Christian life? Or what did high school look like all to right, you? Jesus was present uh, during uh, the fall and was non-existent in the spring. Now, here's what I mean by that. In the fall, football season. Lord, please protect me. I, uh, give me let me get a pick six. <laughs> Springtime comes. Football's done. Oh, all right. Thanks, Jesus. Uh, I'll take it from here. <laughs> so it was that for four years. Um I didn't get into a whole lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. I, I got into one little dust up. Uh, my was going into my sophomore year. So fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Man, this is a story within itself, but I'll share it. So we're we're in uh, high school. We're at the gym. We're playing basketball. Now, all during the day, we are being high school teenage 
funky rusty boys. Funky rusty? Did rusty, you say rusty? Rusty. <laughs> That's a new one on me. Look at those rusty boys over there. What in we, the world? We are okay. being funky and rusty. rusty. All right. All right. And one of the things we would do, <laughs> stupid, silly, you know, you got to have the, the cut off sleeves. We would go while a guy was either lifting or he got his arm up. <laughs> we would go in the rip and the side of it ripped it. Rip his shirt. Rip his shirt. Rip side. So at, at the end of the day, you look like you got a cape on or a bib. It depends on you know what angle you're looking from, right? So I, I did this uh, to a guy <laughs> at the end of the kind of the day. Let me guess. He did not find it as funny as other people did. No, no. He 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 expressed his uh, discontentment for me mm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Mr. It, Butler, I'm sure is what it sounded like. Yeah, sure. <laughs> More like you beep, beep, beep. So I'm, um, you know, all right, brother. I'm sorry, man. It's going to be all right. And and he's not having it. He's not having it. So we have a settlement right there at the middle of the basketball court that I didn't feel like I, I got my, my just due. I feel like he got the better, better of me on that. Did you lose some face? A little bit. Mm. And, and so pride and arrogance kicked in. And Man, you can't. <laughs> Not with all these folks looking at you. you. You better come back out here and show some, some power, <clears throat> some, some, some strength. So I showed some power and some strength with a an object uh, wrapped around my hand that caused the brother to get 18 stitches. Oh, that sounds like things just got complicated. Not my finest moment. Not, not, not my finest Mm-mm. moment. Mm-mm. I mean, immediately I went outside and I'm, I'm just, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I just did. Not knowing the consequences. N- no no regard for the consequences, actually. I go back into the training room where he is. The, the uh, head trainer is, is working on him, and I lock eyes with him. I'm, Dude, I'm so sorry. Yeah, as he has <laughs> a gash needing 16 stitches. Yeah. Or 18, yeah, 18 stitches. 18. And you're like, hey, my bad, man. <laughs> well, here's the deal. They, he's like, dude, I deserved it. <laughs> you're like, can I get that in writing? Can you waive any lawsuits? They'll be rolling my way. He's like, ah, dude, I kind of deserve it. I was, ah, still, you know, dude, ah, I'm, I'm sorry. We're on the same team, whatever. We made good, but that that still didn't mean anything to the principal. Mm-hmm. That didn't mean anything to law enforcement. I was uh, arrested, expelled, and spent a night in juvie. First one in my family to do that. So well, just stop right there. Go. Do you remember any of the feelings or emotion that first night that you spent? Oh, my gosh. Sean, <clears throat> the first time, so I'll, I'll remember, so I'll, I'll talk you through having to get the handcuffs on, put on me in the principal's office, Mr. Moffat, and walk into the car with students still on campus. Perp walk. Perp walk. Having to get in the back watching the route that I would take home, clear glass, windows down, whatever, through a gated glass. This 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 place that I've known from <laughs> right, seven till 
Tallahassee, where, where I'm from, um, knowing the route where we're going, but having a different view. Mm. Get into the the booking area, and they do the whole intake process, and I'm sitting there, like, how you know, how did I get here? So. I'm sitting in the kind of like the holding kind of area and they say, Hey, uh, Butler, you got a visitor. And it's my mom. Man, I tear up every time I think about this. <clears throat> Cause this was the first time that I had brought tears to my mom's eyes that were full of shame, full of like, you know, did I, where did I go wrong in failing my son? Uh, he's now become another statistic. Um, all, you know, everything, everything that comes with that. And she's just, I mean, she's uncontrollably crying. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm With a all mess. the wisdom of a 15 year old, <laughs> you're taking that moment out. Um, I'm a mess. By the way, I, I didn't know it then, but, that moment I had decided that would be the last time I would make my mom cry. Mm. Those kind of tears, those painful tears, every tear she would cry from that moment would be from joy. Have you been able to execute on that? A few times. And we can talk about that a little later. But, uh, that night it was the most peaceful rest I got mixed with the most, (laughs) I mean, it was loud. These kids, I don't know, 60, 80 kids in this deal. And there's 50 of them banging on the doors all night long. Get me out of here. When I think of when scripture describes Hades, mm-hmm. hell, weeping and gnashing of teeth, it, I, it takes me back to that moment. It's 2, 3 o'clock d- dark there's no windows it's pitch black and you just poop. get me out of here get me out of here and i'm i'm wide-eyed to i'm just in a peaceful deep sleep wake up the next morning got court date i'm walking in in an orange jumpsuit handcuffs on wrists on ankles 15. Hmm. And uh, the judge, he says, okay, uh, this is your first, first offense. Um, we're going to sentence you to anger management, community service, and uh, you're going to have to stay 100 and 300, whatever feet away from dude until, you know, net court date, whatever. So I'm excited. I get to leave. I get to. You know, I got a lawyer, I get to do all that other stuff, mm-hmm. right? And we actually get it worked out to the point where um, I'm able to be back in school, but I don't know if I can play football because he's on the team. So that yeah, whole it thing. It would be hard to be 300 feet away from a teammate <laughs> on a football field, I think. A I little know. bit, a little bit. So God, God worked it out. Do you look back and ever wonder, man, at that moment, I had a choice where you could have continued on that path. Hmm. But God 
had a different wave. Oh my gosh. Sean, I got stories, brother. I, I know you do. There was a buddy, some kids that we, we went to uh middle school with. They were little they were a year older than us. What Aviance, Aviance Mitchell. Aviance and Abraham were um latchkey kids in the projects. And still, you know, buddies, the kids. I mean, we were kids. Yeah. But, you know, seeing the stuff on TV, seeing whatever, wanting to be and influence, whatever, negative. So anyway, long so short, Avions and Abraham decide to carjack someone. Mm. Uh, Abraham uh, is in the back seat and Avions is in the front seat. And the guy who's who the car there trying to jack, he sees an opportunity to get out of the situation by ramming his car into a parked 18 wheeler and he's flooring it and <laughs> Avions flies through the windshield, dies on the spot. 15. And and Abraham gets arrested, charged with manslaughter. Avion spends 15, 20 years in prison. So <laughs> when you're saying could have been that route, absolutely. But obviously God kept his hand on you. Amen to that. And so we get through high school. Yeah. And you're like, I have a certain set of football skills <laughs> and ability. <laughs> and so what happens after high school? Yeah, I'm going to take my talents to Allen Hancock Community College. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, where most of the professional athletes pass through one way or the other. One way or another. Let me let me give you some. So John Madden, you know John Madden, famous yeah. football, right? Yeah, he was a head coach there. He got his head coach and kind of started at Allen Hancock. That's College. why he was a commentator. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. So Hancock, um, that came about uh, two reasons. Tore my ACL and couldn't get my test scores up. So they came calling. I wanted to get out of Tallahassee. Sure. And so spent two years there. In those two years, excuse me, <clears throat> you said don't be gassy. <laughs> <laughs> you said, hey, dude, do not come in here gassy. That is okay. a direct quote. <laughs> For me, for this, yes, Shannon, don't okay. be gassy. Okay, <laughs> no problem. I got that. So, two years, Hancock, California, Santa Maria, California, mm-hmm. next to uh, San Luis Obispo, where Cal Poly is. Um, the beach over there is it's it's nice. Um, the water is super cold, but I'm okay because it's a beach. I'm from Florida. I can do beach to beach. Um. As I'm finishing up my second uh, year there, coordinator comes around looking for players, two in particular, an offensive lineman and a receiver, and they don't get neither. They get a corner. <laughs> they got you. He get me. Chala Hall is the offensive coordinator for NAU, and he's looking for all. Where's NAU? <laughs> Dang, bro, that's cold. That's that's cold, Sean. I was better than that, man. <laughs> I don't even want to answer that. It's that, the prettiest campus. 
in the There you state. go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now it's you go take it. Shannon, not all of our audience knows hey, that, where NAU is. You know is. what? All right. Touche. Because uh-huh. I'm telling you, the Tucson jokes are coming. Just know that. I have no I have no connection to Tucson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Flagstaff. Right. Flagstaff, Arizona. And so it's it's uh, December. It's December when we, I take a visit. So they're saying, hey, it's in Arizona. I'm thinking Arizona deserty, right? And I pack light because, again, it's deserty, whatever. I'm driving with the coach. It's 11 o'clock at night, and I'm noticing lights are hitting these white spots. Like, a, there's, like, white along the uh, 17. And I, I, I asked him, I say, dude, what is all this, like, this white stuff? Like, we call it snow. snow. <laughs> I say, wait, it snows up here? Sean, I get up the next morning. <laughs> I open the window. Is you ever seen um, Groundhog's Day when when yes. and Bill, Bill Murray, Murray opens up and it's like snow. It's that in Flagstaff. I'm like, oh my, I ain't packed for this. I'm not ready for this. this. So anyway, we do the tour and everything, and I love it. And I'm saying, like, you know, I'll do it. Whatever. I get here in January, still snow. <laughs> February, snow. March, April, it's starting to warm up a little bit. May 5th, it snows. I said, I think I may have made a mistake. <laughs> it's snowing in May. This is ridiculous. I, I don't know. We got to, I got to, maybe I can talk to my coach about this. So anyway, that's the journey so, to NAU. So that whole journey up there is Jesus is still in the background somewhere. G- Jesus is only in operation during the fall. Still. Still. Again, no, no discipleship. Right. So we got. We're at NAU. NAU, it ain't looking good for me. We're halfway in the season. I went from starter in the spring to like third string to like um tie in shoe string. Right. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know if I'm gonna make the travel team. And it's because uh a aunt of mine passed away suddenly. Hmm. And I chose to stay out during um, the, the two-a-day training time with, at, at NAU. So I chose football over being with my family. And it just ate me up. It it, it did a number on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can put language to it, I, I, a mild case of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, when going to class, when doing the things, the drinking, all that, like just doing the, the crazy college stuff, um, without any kind of parameters. And then it was showing. It was showing in football, mm-hmm. right? Started to, not even on the depth chart. School, <laughs> I had five classes. <laughs> the midterms, I had one D, four Fs. Sean, I was flunking out of school, man. My, my academic advisor said, hey, Shannon, um, here's what you should do. Go back home. Pack up your truck, go back to Florida, and go get a job at a fast food restaurant because you're just wasting university's time and yours. It's like, well, first of all, why I got to be a fast food restaurant? Second of all, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) And God got a hold of my heart all over again in that season. Mm -hmm. So now he's got a hold of my heart. Teammates are noticing a different difference in me. Mm-hmm. And then that's when one of the guys, like, dude, I, you know, you should just come check this, this deal out with me. So, okay, cool. So I check it out. 
the Sunday deal is what really kind of got me like, oh my gosh, I don't, what am I doing here? I walk in. Now I'm used to stump, foot stumping, hand clapping. Like I'm, I'm used to a lot of energy during a worship service. <laughs> this service I went to, it was more cultish. I could sing of your love for it. You know, swaying back. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what, what did this man bring me to? <laughs> Where's the mourner's bench, folks? Where's the mourner's bench? It, it, you know, in, 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 in the Gospels where they talk about um, the professional mourners. Mm-hmm. Like, is this what this is? Is this what it like? This is, I don't know what this is. This is not what I'm. Anyway, so the pastor starts preaching, teaching. And it's like every word he's saying is jumping off the page. And then I'm, I'm doing this for like six months. And all of a sudden he says, hey, dude, I think you uh, would be a good fit for us at the church. You want to just be around and serve? And I was like, absolutely, man. What, what, wherever you need me, I'll be. And so that's where the discipleship kind of came in. Um, 2003 now, December or uh, January of 2003, until today we're, I mean, super close. What's his name? Daniel Williamson. What's your one takeaway from Daniel Williamson? Daniel Williamson taught me to be a pastor. Shepherd. Taught me to shepherd people. Where'd he go, Daniel? Where'd he go? Well, that shaped you a lot for your ministry. I would say so. Because that has followed you up to this point. That was, again, 2003, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. So when did you, what what was the environment, the circumstances around you feeling called to full-time ministry Hmm. Hmm. it was this idea so let's go back to high school (laughs) and i'm gonna speed through it i promise (laughs) i had a i had a mentor there was one guy darren ford as i asked my cousin war number 10 was the punter for florida university everyone in the city when they talked about darren ford had nothing but good things to say Darren Ford had a good name in the city. All my other friends now, you know, starting to get in trouble doing all this other stuff. I need a positive role model. So, and they, and and Darren, my cousin, he he took me in and he just, man, whatever he was doing, and <laughs> was legal <laughs> for a 15, 16, 17 year old kid, like had me, you know, took me under his wing. So when he did that for me, I felt like I needed to do that for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know Titus. I don't know what Paul is telling Titus to do or what he's telling Timothy to do. This is just a natural kind of like somebody took the time to care for me and to love me important to me. I need to do that for someone else. Mm-hmm. So while I'm in NAU going to this, this uh, church plant, the pastor is also a director of this uh, boys program. Uh, called New Horizons, which was attached to Teen Challenge. Mm-hmm. He says, hey, look, also, we, we could use some help, you know, with these boys. You know, maybe you can come over and do some, like. And what are you, 21, 22, around then? Yep, 22. Yeah. 22, 20, going on 23. He said, you know, you can come and um, be like a uh, be like a, a, a PE coach. I said, well, if I do, it's going to be more like a drill sergeant. But absolutely. Either way, I'll, I'm in. I'm gay. 
<laughs> so whatever the NAU would do with me, <laughs> with me, I would do with these kids. But but at NAU they got the dome. They ain't got no dome. Man. <laughs> I was shy. Oh my gosh. Stay focused, Shana. Yeah yeah yeah. You stay right. <laughs> anyway, uh, the call to ministry. We 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 uh, <laughs> we would uh, I would have those kids out doing all these different uh, agility things, whatever, and then we would have times where we would talk about life. And every time we would talk about life, and I would kind of tell them my story, these kids would lock in. They were locked in. And and that moment is like, God is like working on like, dude, this is not about you, but you are making a difference. Mm-hmm. And and the, the pastor was saying the same thing. Like, hey, look, I don't know if you'd be interested, but we could use a youth pastor. It's like, all right, what is that? Well, there's some teenagers here that you would, you know, be in charge of. And I said, well, if anything goes wrong, who who, who responsible? Well, you. I said, okay. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll whatever it is, I'll do it. I want to be open-handed. Mm-hmm. And that's my first taste into ministry, essentially. So that was the first taste. But for you to say, <clears throat> all right, I think I actually want to make this, I feel like God would have me make this my vocation mm. full time. Mm. This is what I'm doing. What was that journey, and how does Sabina work into the middle of that? Your wife. Oh wow! Because honestly, two thousand. Oh Sean, you just threw me for a curve, brother. I'm dating another girl, thinking I'm gonna marry another girl, going to get a job for another girl, <laughs> to buy a ring for another girl, and that's when I meet Sabina. So. When did it become like, I think this is going to be the long haul? I think that was a gradual thing. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to do this long term. I'm going to do this forever. Um, But how Sabina gets into the picture, man. (laughs) Golly. She's, um, I'm going in to get a job at the uh, financial aid office. And the person that's interviewing me is Sabina. So... This job that I'm getting is for another girl who me and this other girl, we, I'm trying to put the, I'm trying to work this relationship out to make, like, I'm going to force this relationship to, to work. And God is like all the long way, like, that's not, that's not the one. So long story short, uh, it was fall of, or excuse me, uh, spring of 2005. She's totally out of the picture, the girl that was dating. Sabina's around. You're still needing financial aid. I'm I'm needing all kind of assistance. (laughs) (laughs) I'm finishing up my, I graduate early. I'm finishing up a master's in educational leadership. At that point, I'm thinking I'm going to be a principal. Hmm. I'm going to be an athletic director, something along those lines. I get a, essentially like this out of the blue, um, whispers hints of an opportunity to play arena football. That sounds interesting. I'm in. I uh, sign up for this deal in Fresno, California, Central Valley Coyotes, and, and I, I actually make it. And I tell her, hey, I'm sorry. we I, I can't do the long distance, so it's been great. Thank you. Um, I wish you well, and God bless you. Godspeed. <laughs> and Sean, she prayed you out of the job, <laughs> didn't she? Lord, make his career just plummet. Shy. 
don't get in the way of a praying woman. <laughs> don't, don't, you, you will lose. You and, will lose. And you lost. And I lost. And praise God, I lost. Well, you definitely have a better half. That's yeah, for oh, sure. For sure. She's I married aces. Her. She's aces. Right on. So for the last five years, okay. you've been based out of Gilbert, the yeah. Redemption Church in Gilbert. Five years, a lot of transition has happened mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things happened in culture. Yeah, a lot of things. A lot of things have happened inside you personally. Yeah. When you look at your time at Redemption and around Redemption AZ, yeah, what are going to be some of the most important things that you take with you to your ministry? and the future that God has for you Amen. in Florida and beyond. Um, I've learned uh, leadership, like true leadership and discipleship and um, development of young leaders in a way that I've never encountered before. And that is going to help me translate back home or anywhere, right? But for in this context, I'm going back to Tallahassee. And my sole purpose is to be an influence in my city to point people to Jesus. Some of the imagery I use, a beggar pointing other beggars to where the bread is, um, a uh, billboard signpost just pointing people to Jesus. Like that's, that's going to be the ultimate kind of big picture. But what I've learned, like, man, discipling people, loving loving people in, in, in the way that you point them to Jesus is through, um, you know, these kind of like categories of being small, being humble, man, fighting for obscurity, um, loving, loving, <laughs> loving the unlovable, um, being like patient, long-suffering. Uh, with with folks, and then I I think the biggest kind of takeaway of of me being here, Sean, I, I've um, I've learned the secret to contentment. Partial secret, <laughs> this this to be unlocked, but but I've learned what it means to be content in my in my season of being out here. Too bad you couldn't share that. I guess it's a secret. It's a, that's why. That's why it's called a secret. <laughs> what is it, Shannon? <laughs> What's made you content? I can't. I can't base my race off of someone else's. Mm. God has given me gifts and talents and a set of special skills for the work that He's called me to, not for the work that He's called so and so else. To. Yeah. And that has helped me kind of shape, running, reshape. Running your race. Yeah, in, in my lane, for sure. Your ability to be available to people and your ability to, with patience, speak to people who are working through something. Hmm. Not everybody will do that. Yeah. I think everybody has the opportunity to do that. Not everybody will. Yeah. So in this last year and a half Mm. Mm. with 
the world turning upside down yeah. on so many different fronts. You've had a ton of conversations with people about race. Yeah. You've had a ton of conversation with people about leadership. Hmm. And I've seen you do that with great patience. You've done that with me. Hmm. And that's one of the things that I'm going to miss the most is the value of what God has done in you and through you and your willingness to share it with other people. Wow. And so um, how do you feel like God has shaped you over the last year specifically? Yeah. Man, you know, 2020 was rough on everybody. Not just a certain type of person, race, ethnicity, whatever, like everyone. Like around the world. Right. It, when I say everyone, everyone. Yeah. Um, but there were still cer- certain parts where it felt like, man, this just feels a little bit harder mm. through certain situations, incidents, conversations, whatever. So how did God shape me in in the last year and a half? Um, I found my lane. So the secret of contentment, not trying to run everybody else's race, running my own. And part of that was I'm called to shepherd, like care for people, care for people's hearts, souls. Like Mm -hmm. this is, some of this stuff is temporary. And here's why I say some. Well, it's all temporary compared to eternity with a Lord and Savior, with or apart. But the temporary stuff that has this lasting effect on how we perceive, how we view brothers and sisters that don't look like us, who don't come from the mm. same background, who don't, that temporary stuff can can either <laughs> cause someone to, man, I've never seen either God in this light like this I've never seen God like the Bible viewed like this or he doesn't care about people who look like me Hmm. or he doesn't he's not concerned because of the way these so-called Christians treat people that look like me and that shaping Really, it really, I had to dig my heels in. What does the gospel say to the broken, to the hurting, to the downcast, the downtrodden, to the ones who are, and I'm in that category. I'm not just in the category of um, the good Samaritan. I I, I am... (laughs) I'm the one beaten up and bruised on the side of the road. I'm not the Samaritan in this story. And so many of us think we are the Samaritans. We're the dude that's on the side of the road, or we're the one passed by, too busy. That's who we are. Those are the only two categories we are. And it's helping people essentially see who they are in that story. You're either the Levi the priest who's walking by or you're the one that's actually in the in the street bleeding and bruised and the shaping that took place which it, 
it worked out. I mean, God is just beautiful in orchestrating and timing and all that stuff. So I'm in my last year of seminary, and we're going through uh, African American church history in some in during some of this um, some of the heat of what, what we experienced in in 2020, and all of these dots started co- being connected. The reason why the explosion of energy and excitement of a Sunday morning in an African-American church derived from the hell they caught during the week from Monday through Saturday. And so Sunday, they needed somewhere to place all of that energy. And Jesus says, come, lay it on me, give it to me. And I'll give you rest. I'll give you joy. I'll give you the satisfaction. I'll give you the 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 endurance to run your race. So, those things are when I'm being shaped in the in the uh, in the seminary um, context to then deal with what's happening in our church context. It uh, it it really helped me to um, take on the position as a marathon runner, not the position of a sprinter. I was trying to get people to see. I was trying, man, I want you to see how the gospel speaks to this. I want you to see, and I'm running like a sprinter <laughs> and I almost pulled two or three hamstrings <laughs> trying to get people. I want you to see, like, Please see how the gospel speaks to this. And the, and the subtle shift um, was actually uh, a buddy of mine who was a former pastor. Uh, I think it's okay to say his name, Ricardo. He We had a conversation one night. And he when he shared this, I was like, oh, my gosh. He said, Shannon, Jesus said the, the, the poor you'll have with you always. Now we know he's referring to, for those Bible scholars out there, he's referring to the money, the the, the stuff of life. There are going to be people who, who are just not going to have the stuff. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have the money, the house, the car, whatever. They're going to be with you always. But he said, hey, but what, what if also those who are poor in understanding, those who are poor and not knowing how to incarnate, how to how to empathize, that poor you would have with you always. So, and that that subtle kind of nuanced view mm-hmm. just just did a, a whole kind of like shaping in in a moment of, okay, this this really is not about like trying to get you to. Sp- Prove a point. Like I'm trying. I'm not trying to prove a point here. I'm, I'm trying to love you unto Jesus. Like love you into Jesus and to see these broken spaces. Then I had to <laughs> um, be smart with my time. I, I still have a wife and two kids. Mm-hmm. I still got you know friends and family members that. I mean, they need pouring into and care and love. I, I need to be be 
very intentional about the time that I'm spending with people. So. One of the things that you and I did not too long ago that was really enjoyable is you shared with me a musical group. What was the name? Ah, the Canton Spirituals. The Canton Spirituals. Yeah. Uh, I was looking it up. It was the Mississippi Poor Boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That song. How has worship for you allowed you to rejuvenate your soul this last year? Hmm. How has your own personal um, time of reflection for the Lord yeah, energized you? Um, Which people really need to listen to that song. Yeah. Mississippi Poe Boy. By the Canton Spirituals. Yeah. Well, the songs like that, it's it's groups like that. Um, Maverick City, um, a group out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, they, they had a couple of uh, songs that were out during that time. Promises. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising of the sun, going down to the same, I'll praise your name. Um, you can have my heart. Like these songs, like just spoke to in the in the <laughs> the dreariness, the deserty spaces of my heart, of my life, of my soul. The these songs brought water. They they brought refreshment. My time in the word of God. I mean, God. So there was a season I I just had this question. It was just a huge question mark. Why? Why? And Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however you would pronounce that. He has a similar kind of uh, posture of lament towards the Lord. Why, how long will you let this stuff continue to happen? How long will you allow for violence and, and destruction to happen? And then this is in chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. And in verse 5 through 6, he answers him. The Lord answers Habakkuk. Hey, I'm doing something in your day mm. that you wouldn't even believe. If I were to show you. If I were to show you. Sean, that just that time man really resonated with me that God is doing something in my day that my grandmother was praying about that my probably great great grandmother was praying about share something with you real quick my grandmother's mother my grandmother died when she was 98 she was born my grandmother was born in 1912 my grandmother's mother was a slave just let that sit for a second. God is doing something in my day that he would have, couldn't believe it. Wouldn't, wouldn't believe it if I even told it to you. Well, Shannon, I feel like, like most of our lunches, we could go on hmm. and on and on. And maybe that's the good thing of eternity, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that we can go on and on and on. But with the thought of you leaving, 
and your departure, I am left with fondness of times of prayer, of worship together. Yeah. And your perspective of how God has shaped you and how you've helped shape us. And uh, Shannon Butler, I love you, brother. Feelings mutual. Thanks for listening to and watching the stories around us. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody. We're available on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and most podcasting platforms. And if you don't mind, give us a like and subscribe. But more importantly, keep your eyes and ears open to the stories around us. See you next time.